of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Theria, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Lady Bird, UK, Annuals, Comics, Mini Comics, anything and everything you can think of with that. He-Man, She-Ra, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power! That Dark Horse logo up in the corner! I'm Matthew Duch, here again in episode 113 with Sean Skavarna. Sean, Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year. It's It's... We haven't talked to each other since 2023. It feels like forever. It ha- it does. It feels like forever. Um, yeah, New Year's. Uh, you do anything special on New Year's Eve? Uh, we had uh, we had some of the family over. Uh, my wife's sisters came over, and we we play had the kids here. Had played some games. Not as big as our Christmas gathering, which is everybody. But yeah, it was it was a good time. Made it cool. till midnight. So yeah, Very you. Cool. Yeah. Uh, basically it was me and the two kids up still around midnight and I let my, my daughter watch her first rated R movie with me on New Year's, which was funny. We watched, ironically, my cousin Vinny. That's rated R? Really? It's rated R because they use the F word like they breathe in that movie. Especially with Joe Pesci being in that one. Between Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei. I guess. if you'd asked me, I would have said that would have been a PG thirteen. Like I, so I think that's a good R to start her off with. Oh yeah, yeah. She um, she really got into that one. We didn't finish it though because uh, right as he was starting to ask questions of the town folk to get his defense yeah. lined up, the ball was about to drop in two minutes. So I had to shut it down, and we had everybody go out in the living room. And our neighbors, because of our neighborhood, our neighbors probably four or five doors down just start shooting off fireworks yes. at midnight. Oh, fireworks. Okay. And all we That's have better. to do is just look out the window and there's a fireworks display right down the street from us. So yep. that was also kind of fun. Yeah, I did see a few fireworks. There was lots of guns this year. Lots lots of lots of bullets. So I'm really happy that is in our neighborhood. But uh yeah. The, it, our neighborhood <laughs> will do fireworks because it's Saturday. That it's the weirdest thing around here. So I appreciate it. Honestly, the year we moved into the, our house, which was t- the very literally the last day of 2015, we finally moved in here. It was it was close to midnight. My mom was looking after the kids, so she finally left for the night. And I, Heather and the kids, went, or actually that was before we had Hayden's, Heather and Evie were going to bed. And out of nowhere, I hear fireworks and I open up the blinds and I got to see it for the first time myself. And I'm like, well, that's a nice welcome to the neighborhood right there. They're happy we're here. <laughs> oh, I love it. <coughs> actually, 
reminds me of uh, when I when I started my new job with Frito. Uh, so you go through your training and then you have your certification week, which is where slowly throughout the week you get more and more on your own. Um, and basically certification is your, your last day of the week where you are completely on your own and you've got your manager that follows you and makes sure, you know, uh, like every customers are happy and blah, there's a whole checklist. Um, just, you know, Hey, this is where we take off the training wheels and we certify you. Well, my certification week also lined up just by happenstance with employee appreciation week where they do something like one day they have breakfast for us. One day they have lunch to pick up one day, you know, you get like a gift or like, they're just these little things each day. Yeah. So, yeah. So all week I was like, Hey guys, you know, you, you didn't have to go through all this trouble just cause I was getting certified. Like you could, you know, uh, but it makes me feel good. So I'm just uh, picturing your advisor being like Curtis and be like, I didn't do it for you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, all my supervisors are nice. So uh so I had a milestone just about an hour ago. Um so it's I better than a kidney stone. So let's let's hear about the milestone. Uh Making me feel old, though. So I just took my daughter for her permit test today. <laughs> yep. And she she passed to nice. her surprise and mine. Because uh, she's really been dragging her feet about it. She's been really nervous about it and, and blowing it, overblowing it in her head, overthinking it. So, um, so yeah. So I took her while her... Younger brother was at swim. I took her to take the test. She passed, got everything. And so then we spent the next like half hour waiting for her brother to get out of swim, cruising around in the high school parking lot. So nice. Nice. I had well, congratulations. I, and, <laughs> to her, not to you. I can tell yeah. this is like, oh great. A little today, Sean. That's uh <laughs> Yep. So six six months from now, she'll be able to get licensed. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, it feels like I just got my license. Nah, it doesn't feel like that for me anymore. But it'll feel like that when Evie does hers. But she's still eleven, so I still got five more years to feel older than I already do. And I'll be fifty. She's she's closer. Happens. She's closer to twelve now than she is eleven. <laughs> it's true. She's only. She's only uh, the middle of this month, but two months until she is 12. So, yeah. Yep. We're already dealing between garbage, so it's fun. <laughs> Gotta love it. Oh. But anyway. Oh. Too fast. Oh. And that's why we geek out and do this stuff to make us feel young again. <laughs> it's, all <laughs> we got, man. it's all we got. So let's Cartoon Network took it from us, so we got to take it back. I will. I will throw out one thing here uh, before we do get into our main topic for today, and that is uh, the Turtles of Grayskull line is actually available on Big Bad Toy Store right now. I think Entertainment Earth as well. Um, it's popping up. I know I saw someone say that they got the Mouse Jaw from Target today. Um, mm. So, yeah, so if that is something you guys are into, uh, it's here. Very cool. 
Uh, looks like they're all pre-order on Big Bad Toy Store now, Waves 1 and 2. But I know for sure yesterday some of Wave 1 was in stock. So mm-hmm. they must have gotten a limited stock to begin with. Because um, I know I at least saw Donatello and Man at Arms in stock yesterday. So. Mm, yeah, I saw there. someone posted on one of the groups the page-by-page uh, page of the mini-comic that comes with them. Oh, I got to check and, that out. And then apparently... So did this, you read it or you just saw it? I looked through it. I didn't really read it because I'm still up in the air if I'm going to pick up maybe the turtle versions at least. Yeah. Um, and in the I'll, honestly, the quality wasn't like the greatest to read it. It all felt tiny anyway. So yeah. instead of making my eyesight, which is already not the greatest, go one or two steps <laughs> further, I figured I'd just uh, cut my losses. But um yeah, there there is apparently like an insert or something where it it outlines here are the pieces that are removable for the figures so you can pop and swap these. Interesting. Which I guess it's either for people who didn't collect Origins maybe that are like turtle fans coming to the line or maybe these are a little bit more pop and swappable than the previous ones or something because yeah. they had it for the Leonardo and it basically did like the arms, the legs and some stuff, the head but I, I was I was kind of surprised by that because at this point I think most people collecting would know that about it. So I I'd have to find that again and just see if there's anything extra I th- that I didn't catch the first time. I would think most people collecting would know. Yeah. But I don't think they've ever really like promoted it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like they've like us. I've always got to stop and think when with these retail lines. Like yes, there are us the collectors and everything who pour over every detail who try everything regardless of what you know i mean we're tugging at things whether we know they're removable or not um but thinking back i don't think they've ever really like overly said how these are you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like mythic legions they make a big point that's one of their big features of the pop and swap um i just don't feel like origins has ever really push that at all so maybe this Mm -hmm. is their chance to be like hey you know let's let these kids know or whoever Mm -hmm. is just picking up off the store shelves uh you know what you can really do with these yeah yeah i mean honestly uh i saw the inbox um wave two so shredder wrath yep yeah that's um, all up there now Uh, ram man I saw them before I knew they were on Big Bad Toy Store the other day. And, and um, yeah, a lot of those are working for me more than I expect them to. And for me, not liking Origins much at all, this is one of the first times where I'm like, okay, you're finally doing it in a way where it's interesting to me. So we'll see what I do. I have no idea because uh, after the holidays, there's a lot of afterpays that I got to whittle down before I could start doing something else right now. And you know it's 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 one of those things that doesn't need to be a big thing because we uh, if you guys don't follow our off world podcast uh, or YouTube show I guess technically it is uh, make sure you check that out but we had a lengthy Super Seven discussion over there um, this past episode and I I I feel like it kind of applies here where I ha- I'm having a hard time pulling the trigger on these guys in store at full price seeing you know how much i've been able to get for 
minimal. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, back here, cord. You know, I just got the the point dreaded Talon Fighter for fifteen bucks off Amazon. You know, mm-hmm. I got my Clawful and my Whiplash for ten bucks. A Ram Man, the deluxe one for ten bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just. I'm just sitting here like I have a hard time paying 20 bucks for an Origins figure or a Masterverse figure knowing how easily and quickly they go on the clearance. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, for me, I'm the same way about it, I guess, because, you know, it's like, do do you do it where you're going to wait for them to go on clearance and then Mattel gets the idea that it's only then that these things are moving or what? But, I, th- I don't know. At this point, I'm not even getting into, like, the logistics of that. For me, yeah. it's, like, it's very much uh, if I see it and it's the characters I'm excited for, maybe. Yeah. If I see it and it's not the characters I'm into, I'm not worrying about it. So, it's just... I, I have not nature. seen anything thus far where I'm, like, I've got to grab that right yeah. now. You know what I mean? Now... Granted, I have changed my mind on some of that stuff, seeing them in hand, and I've only mm-hmm. seen them in, in pictures now. So maybe yeah. when I see, I love Mouse Jaw, so maybe when I see him on the shelf at Target, maybe it'll be like, oh, fuck, mm-hmm. that. Um, <laughs> and honestly, these are another line, uh, I actually think he is like just on camera there, uh, like my He-Man, I don't know which direction I'm pointing, my 40th He-Man like I have no intention of taking them out of the package. It looks so great. I I gotta say I really love the packaging on these figures. Mm-hmm. I think the way they kind of perfectly did the rock background combined with the turtle sewer with the the green ooze kind of replacing the red and blue glow. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a masterful card back. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe this is a line where I pick up the turtles and keep them on card. You know that mm. that's something I might dabble into as well. That'd be one way to do. I mean, I'd probably rip them off card personally, but yeah, you know, teach their because there's all, like the 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 40th one. I could see why you do that, and I, I if I had one, I would do the same thing with that one too. Only I would have gotten mine signed by Nate. Shut up! I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Next year, bring it that, next year. That weekend, to do it next year <laughs> or this year. I'm sorry, I, we're we're only a couple days into the new year. I'm completely yeah. This year, bring it, and then yeah, yeah. It's just what man that whole weekend like that. It's a blur. I I had a blast, but I look back on it now, and I'm just like, man, there were so many missed opportunities, so many missed. Like I hear people talking about stuff, and I'm like, I never even saw that. Like whole boost that I ooh. come here. Okay, perfect. What the uh, hell? So yeah, it's just uh, that whole weekend is just like oh, I should have done this and I should have done that and I should have, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I needed I needed to sleep less. That's for sure. Hopefully this year <laughs> I'll be I'll be a little bit better rested uh, mm-hmm. going into it. So, mm. but yeah, so turtles of gray skull. They're they're out there. They're hitting uh, wave ones now. Wave two is available for pre order, and that's supposed to be Big Bad Toy Store say in March. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like they're going to do the same thing they did with Origins. These waves are going to come out. Boom, boom. You know, they're four figures, but they're going to come out one right after another. So. Yep. 
All right. So on to the main topic for today. Uh, finally, on December 20th, 2023, Dark Horse finally released Forge of Destiny issue number four. Um, I was not, and they never really said why it was delayed either. They just delayed it. So, mm-hmm. but it is out now. Pick it up. I actually had to go to three different comic shops before I was able to find a copy. Granted, I did not go day and date. I that week was crazy. So I, I've been looking in the past week, um, and it took me three shops before I could find an issue in stock. Um, but I was able to find it. Unfortunately for me, and being a sucker in my pocketbook, they also had a lot of the variant covers. So I've got I got the regular cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got I got that the He-Man Skeletor variant. I got the beautiful He-Man on Battle Cat variant for issue four. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also had the Adam Tila variant for I think that was issue two. Yeah, issue two. Uh, that's the regular issue three. Uh, and then they did have what I call the Skelly Vader uh, variant <laughs> for issue one. Nice. So. Yeah. I'm a sucker. <laughs> Honestly, the He-Man Battle Cat one, that would have been worth it for me. Yeah. It's a it's it, is that one um is that one uh Eddie Nunez on that one too or was it a different artist? No, looks... Fico Osio, O S S I O. I think he did something in that uh the one that they did before this one. Yeah, probably. And then uh one Eddie was thing. the sta- Eddie's the standard cover. So he did okay. the Cyclone yeah. cover. Uh, and then Tom Fowler with Bill Crabtree, they did the He-Man versus Skeletor uh, group battle. Mm-hmm. So, we're heading into issue four. Issue three was a letdown for both of us. I think you gave it a Cosmic Enforcer. I meant to go back and actually look, but I didn't, so... I yeah, and and I think the only thing that saved that from not going into the havoc column was the fact that it's still Eddie Nunez busting out some artwork that I'm still loving, but I'm almost sure. Yeah, I think it. I think it was, and I think if I remember right, it was your first havoc staff last time. I want to say it was. Yes, I did. I yeah. did go full havoc staff. I just that really. With all the buildup and goodwill I'd had towards it, I really felt let down uh, yep. by issue three. It just, it really, it really sidestepped anything that it needed to do. This is the penultimate issue should have been a ramping up. The stakes are at its highest. How are we going to get out of this? And instead it was this weird sidestep mm-hmm. that basically spent the whole issue justifying the reactions in the revolution or i'm sorry revelation cartoon um which was my big fear from issue one because they did a little bit of it that there they did a lot of it in issue three yeah i get that this is a prequel to that but in my opinion we didn't have to spend the whole issue or the whole series kind of trying to set it up like everyone had either made their peace, hadn't made their peace, whatever, with yeah. the way things went in Revelation, you know. Um, 
to me, this should have just been an action adventure, have some fun and not try it and, and keep stop trying to justify what happened in that cartoon. You know, it is what it is at this point. And uh, I mean, to be completely honest, <laughs> for us being who we are, and we've now reviewed what two or three Tim Seeley series, I want to say oh, uh, yeah. two of them at least. We did the multiverse. And then we did the other one where it was the different masterverse, multiverse, and masterverse, masterverse multiverse, and now this one. Yep. And we we typically notice that halfway through a Tim Seeley story is when we automatically start going, "Well, this is not wrapping up cohesively or in a way that's satisfying for either one of us." So I think I think with last issue we both had that like okay it could be foreshadowing what we're gonna be talking about today or not so yeah all right so let's dive into issue number four uh, we've got script by Tim Seeley we've got art by Eddie Nunez color art by Brad Simpson and letters by And World Design as we said the standard cover was Eddie Nunez with James Stark variant cover B was Tom Fowler. With Bill Crabtree and variant cover C was Fico Osio. Uh, so we come right off the bat. We're back by the River of Black Teeth. Um, uh, Hailstorm's army is closing in on Randor and the Eternians who had fled to the Panther Village after the last encounter. Uh, still got the cool war dog sky sleds. They're pimped out Rotan and they're closing in. Meanwhile, Hurricane uh, is back with Skeletor, who has fired up the Forge of Destiny with the Philogista, has created some battle armor, horde fire armor, and uh, she is proclaiming that they are allies now. And. Uh, And they, they are going to flush Randor out, even though they are on Anwat Gar, an island quite a bit away from where the, the Eternians are camped out. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, I mean, I, I, I barely bailed it there. I'm, I'm confused because last issue was a lot of Skeletor tying up Hurricane, Skeletor, like, I even mentioned at the time, like it's odd. It's almost like he's trying to trick her into being an ally, but at the same time, he's not at all. And he's just doing stuff. And here she's like, all of a sudden right on board with him. Like, no, this is our ally and we're going to join together and we're going to conquer. And it's like, well, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) were, were you confused as well, I guess is what I'm asking. Oh, like, um, I know, because I kind of went with it from the last issue. There was that vibe of, okay, the two of them are now going to team up because of the whole Adam problem for previously with Adam stealing everything. So it's the whole, well, my, the enemy of my enemy kind of a feeling. But it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's clunky as hell, no matter what you do here. Okay. It's, it's At least very, we can admit on that. Like, yeah, I'm like... Yeah. What are we doing? This is not this is not where we left off. Like nope. Okay. Nope. It was <laughs> we left off. But yeah, this is what we got. This is where we started. See. Right. And so then we're at 
I mean, I'll, I'll, the, this whole beginning, just bear with me, guys. Uh, so then we're to where Randor, Man-at-Arms, Orko, Cringer, and, and the Eternian Guards are all asleep just out in the middle of the forest, even though we joined the Panther Village and they had buildings. Um, where Duncan, they know they're on the run from the Gar. They've left no one to, like, stand guard or watch out. They're all just sleeping in a clearing on cots. And luckily, Randor happens to wake up and see that there are fireballs raining down on them. <laughs> it's that instinct of Randor, you know what I mean? It's that <sighs> He didn't drink that night, so the Podcasters of the Universe versions no longer apply. This is actually <laughs> on-target Randor right here. Getting stuff done. You know, and even even the dialogue in this part, I was really having a hard time getting through. So Randor wakes up, wakes Man in Arms up. He try he's like, No, Randor, go back to bed. You're you <laughs> you've had too many frogs. It literally says, Go back to yep. bed. You've had too many frogs. Like yep. what? And yep. then a page later, Orko's like uh, or Cringer's like, What's going on? And Orko goes, I don't know, but I think we need to listen to Man at Arms. Like what the guy sleeping with no guards posted who yeah. told everyone to go back to sleep and the fireballs are fine. Yeah. That's the guy we're listening to. <laughs> Any port in a storm. You know what I mean? Especially when there's fireballs. <laughs> Just so, so out of character to me. I'm like, I could see if it was a surprise attack, but we were literally just running from these guys. We have no reason not to believe that they're not on their way. And Man Arms is the type of guy who's putting together contingency plans. If anything, he's the guy going, I'm going to set up five guard. And Randor should be the guy going, eh, no, 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 it's fine. We're safe here. Mm. You know, it just, oh. They also get dressed really quick. Yeah, I noticed that. It's a literally one thing. <laughs> And boom, he's in his whole armor. When Randor managed to put his crown on, because that's what's important right now. Yep. Fireball's raining down, but I got to make sure I got my robe and my cape and like or crown and like. <laughs> I, you can't have a Get king running in. around without a crown. <laughs> You kind of get the feeling that this part didn't need to be in the entire story, pretty much, because it really, it, this moment is pretty much proving it's an afterthought, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Uh, so then, as they're running for their lives, we're back in Anwat Gar. The Forge of Destiny is now outside, and we see that it's what's shooting fireballs, because that's what a forge does, is launch fireballs hundreds if not thousands of miles away okay we'll go with that though because eternity we we don't know how that works on attorney it could that's be true. the case it could that's be the true. case so the 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 actual place to make the weaponry could be wherever that lands and then you go to it and that's where you make the weapon you never know so we're back here. Uh, He-Man is on the docks. Evil Lynn has Tila in a bubble where she has saved her from drowning. Um, and Evil Lynn explains that she needs their help because she is now scared of what Skeletor is going to do. That he's got the Philogista and the Forge of Destiny at his control. 
uh, she fears that the Lord of Destruction could very well live up to his title. Again, I'm just, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time getting into the story here when I feel like every, everybody is just so out of character. Like, yeah, Evelyn, you took up with Skeletor. You took up with the Lord of Destruction, but you're freaked out because he might actually destroy something? Like, th this is what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. just... I don't, this this whole begin oh and they realized that dash is is gone um after he man mm -hmm. had his encounter with him and revealed his this. identity unnecessarily there's a smoking ash filled area <laughs> he's gone <laughs> well yeah, <laughs> yeah from like, when he shazammed him last yeah issue. he shazammed the living bejesus out of him Yeah, it's it's like I said. It's the case of I have one issue. I need to wrap this up. I had all these dangling threads going on that I took a whole. It, it happens every time. There's an issue that we sit there and go, "Why did they bother with this?" Yeah, and then the next issue is him just trying his damnedest to run through that twenty-four or however however many pages. Going, I got to tie this all up now because I don't have another issue. And you're just sitting there going, if you would have done this in a way where it plotted out possibly and just go, here's what you needed to do in order for that last issue to be impactful and really bring it home. Don't do what you did last <laughs> interview. That's pretty much that. Like, I, I, uh, I don't know. Like, I almost am curious if it's editorial, if it's Mattel, or if it's just him doing what he does. But it really does make me just sit there and go, I, I don't get it. Like, I don't get how all of this has to be rushed through and it's done in a way where it literally feels like the night before you have to go to school, you're doing your homework after having all... Like, my, my daughter did that the other day. She had all Christmas vacation off, and all of a sudden, it's 8 o'clock at night, and she realized there was an assignment. It feels like Tim Seeley did that for this issue, and he's throwing it all together, and none of it is making sense with everything that was built up previously in the last, at least the first two issues yeah. for me. Well, I guess my problem is I, I really feel like up until now, Evelyn has kind of been playing that line there that we're used to from Evelyn. Like, yes, she's working with Skeletor, but she'll try and turn it on him if given the opportunity. Whereas here, again, maybe it's just me at this point, but I feel like they're trying to set up the turn she takes in Revelation. Where, you know, like, oh, you're out of the goodness of your own heart. And she's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I really am. I'm scared that Skeletor is going to destroy everything. Like he will in Revelation, kids. Check out Netflix's Master Universe Revelation. Like, yeah. you know, like, again, we're too worried about trying to set up the turns in Revelation that it doesn't feel right here. Yeah. Like, it, it when you're trying to mirror that, you're supposed to be He-Man year one. Like, Evil Lynn is evil at this point, you yeah. know? She might be manipulating them, but that's not what I'm getting here. I'm not getting that manipulative evil in, mm -mm. you know? And then she goes from, like, concerned to scared to I'm getting bored of you meatheads. Like, what What are we doing? Who even talks like that? Like, 
I just, I just, I really, this whole opening just threw me where I'm like, I, you know, I genuinely feel like these, everybody's out of character, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, he man's like, Oh, you, you know, you mean an evil and actually want the secrets of castle Grayskull. It's like, Oh, does she really has evil Lynn ever really like Skeletor has been all about Grayskull. Evil Lynn's about power. You know what I mean? Like that. Yes. It's splitting hairs at this point, I guess. But like, again, it, it, it felt more like a wink, like, Ooh, what could really be in castle Grayskull? Maybe we'll find out in the future, yeah. you know, like that sort of thing rather than, I don't know. I just, I was really taken out in this beginning here. Yeah, uh, and and the other thing I didn't even think of that, but it's exhausting to me that we have, it, um, like uh, in Doctor Who, they call it a fixed point in time, yeah. where here here is the story that we are adhering to. That it, it's a fifty fifty shot. Typically, if the fans loved it or hate it to begin with, yeah. and everything has to be magnetized to that, and always right. going back to that. And so in my head, I'm just like, when we started this, yes, there were little moments of, oh, here's these little bits and pieces that are going to be like, oh, by the way, it's going to tie into Revelation. But it felt more like a genuine, let's just have an adventure story. And as we've gone on, that has been more and more pulling towards Revelation. And that's, I think, part of it for me where it takes me out of it because I was looking at it as one thing and I keep forgetting it's a prequel. And and in that way, it's like, I'm just kind of tired of it always having to go to something, whereas it can't just tell a self-contained anything, because it felt like it should be a self-contained story. Exactly. The way it was was sold to us. Just an adventure, whereas, yeah, Yeah. as it goes on, I'm just like, and this is marrying that part of Revelation, this is that, this is justifying that, and just like, why are we doing this? We, We did that. Um... So yeah, so then so then we are back in inside the tower. Skeletor and Hurricane. Uh Evil Lynn portals He-Man and Tila in. Doesn't actually help them, just portals them inside. Um excuse me. Uh and the, and then we start fighty fight. Which is the point of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tila takes on Hurricane. He Man, of course, takes on Skeletor, who goes from his fire armor to an ice armor. Um, while taunting He Man, telling him that he can make the Philogista into anything he wants uh, with his willpower. Uh, so then He Man siphons off a little bit of the philogista very venom symbiote style and creates his own armor that he calls night light uh with a golden lance red cape weird visor (laughs) i finally found I finally found a variant of He-Man that rivals what Terraclaw Skeletor does. <laughs> it's I, not I, it's not bad. But it's, it's just kind of like <laughs> It's bad. 
I it, it literally I when I saw it originally I thought oh he's Cyclops now maybe he's gonna blast them with the laser eyes. Well, I like Cyclops yeah. though, but there you go, people. It's it's not it's more the it's, it's the point of like and we kind of speculated this we're like so after all this the philogista is just armor upgrades it's yeah. just variants like that's again and, and, and to me you bring up a good point that Henry even really thought about like the design of the regular philogista skeletor is not far off from the skelegod that we got in revelation Mm-hmm. So it's like, so we are already doing this now. Yeah. Again, the parallels where it's like, okay. Um, but yeah, so then we're we're back and uh with Randor and everybody. Uh they're trying to avoid the army, trying to escape to the river. Uh Orko does a spell that turns fire into Butter, oddly liquid blue butter, but I guess that's butter on Eternia. Mm. Uh, there's a little comic relief for the issue. Uh, and then we jump back to the He-Man Skeletor fight. Variant armor, variant armor, variant armor. Uh, Skeletor does a Moss Man leech combo armor. It looks like Moss Man, but then he's got leech suction cup hands. Uh, meanwhile, He-Man changes into Orca armor, where he literally has Orca killer whales for hands. I'm not making this up, people. No, because I actually was was going back through this, and I could not remember when that happened, but when I saw it, I'm like, did that really? I guess it was. I looked at that page like four times, I'm like, am I seeing this, how I'm really seeing it? Yeah, it. <coughs> and, and then uh, what? The orca armor turns into like a tidal wave armor or something because he uses water to. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, good point. Good point. It, it's like it, it 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 goes from one to the next, I guess. Because literally yeah. the next frame, then he's in this. It looks like lightning armor. Literally black lightning with with white lightning coming through, but then he uses water to knock Skeletor off his feet. Yeah, and, and so then Skeletor t- turns into pure electricity. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, if these were variants when I was a kid, I'd be like, "You guys suck. Why are you doing this to me?" I'm not gonna. The Orca armor He Man to me is like right up there with Terror Claws, as well as that Night one that he did. Because the only thing I'd want out of the Night one would be the lance, because that would be cool to have like a translucent lance piece to maybe have He Man do that with for a little bit. But otherwise, there's not much that I like about that one either. And again, the cool variants here. That's all there is to it. Like he, he literally the fire one isn't horrible. It is very. It's it's. It is a nod to God Skeletor or the whatever that yeah. was called from Revelation. But then um the the ice one right after that actually is my favorite. I think yeah, that design one. is great. But man, He Man's mm-hmm. getting the raw deal in this. Well, it's just weird for He Man, right? Like if anyone's gonna do an armor where it's like literal animals, right? Like that's a skeletor thing. To mm-hmm. me, right? Like He Man should all be heroic and 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, 2008, the, there was Wolf Armor, Skele- uh, He-Man, or whatever. Yeah, at one and they point. went stupid with the variants, too. But that's what that's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah. I don't know. And it's just, if you're going to do that, I guess killer whales are such an earthly thing. Why yeah. couldn't you have done an Eternian, you know, sea beast or something? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I absolutely agree. Because when I saw that, I'm like, why did He-Man go to SeaWorld? What the hell is this all about? Right. So, yeah. Completely. Um, and then they're just, I know it's my nitpicky things that I get mad about, but like, you know, they're, they're trash talking throughout and uh, Skeletor saying you underestimate me, blah, blah, blah. But then he delivers a line to He-Man where like, it just bugs me in universe where he says, you derive your power from a pile of old rocks. You're the past. But really, like, yes, He-Man is the champion of Grayskull and its defender, but no one really knows that he gets his power from Grayskull. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing that always bugs me when they're like, I wonder who He-Man really is. Like, no, in-universe, they shouldn't even be wondering about a secret identity. Like, here, Skeletor shouldn't... Yes, we know he calls down the power, but Skeletor doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. So it's another one of those things that bugs my brain whenever people try and throw it in. It's like you have to if you're if you're gonna be in universe, you have to follow the universe's line of logic. And again, just because He Man defends Grayskull, why would anyone say your power comes from Grayskull? Mm-hmm. You know, no, I, I, it's it, another it's, one of those tipping the hat things. Man yeah, at Arms I, defends the royal palace. Would anyone go up to Man at Arms, find him, and go, "Oh, you get your power from"? Eternal's Palace. Yeah. Like, no. That's... Ugh. Well, it, it, it's like when you see that line, when, when you read that line, there's an element to that line that it, it is kind of cutting. Mm-hmm. If you, it, you know, if, if he knew yeah. properly. But the problem is either the editors or Tim Seeley are, are both were like, that's a great line, but they didn't put any more thought into it then. It's a great line. It's, it it's, is. Complete put down to He-Man. But then nobody's like, uh, why does he know that? Yeah. And how, you know, it's like he only finds out in Revelation right. about Adam. And this is already, we've, we've already discussed that. And I'm remembering that from each page now. Yep. Prequel. So therefore, it doesn't line up. So yeah. It's just another one of those things. It's like, it is a great line, but it just, it makes yeah. no sense in universe. It, it would have been a good line for Revelation <coughs> when they finally get to go toe to toe for a bit. Just, you know, but unfortunately, he was think... literally using the power of Grayskull as well. So well, that's what I was about to say. I think it'd be, it I think it'd be, that would be a good line for Revolution. Yeah. Secrets because out. Skeletor cyber now. Yeah. And now he's going toe to toe with He Man, being like, dude, you call down fucking magic. I am a literal cyborg. Yeah. You're the past. Like that, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But again, that's just, I know, I know that's where my mind gets a little buggy. And I'm sure there are people like, dude, just who cares? But it hurts my brain. Um, so then we got a little banter with, with Hera and Tila. Uh, she's, she's trying to convince her that, uh, you know, allying with Skeletor is not the right way, blah, blah, blah. Luckily, Hera is an amazing fighter who can easily beat Tila with no issue. 
then we're at He-Man, who's on a rooftop for some reason. Again, just kind of happened. Reasons. Reasons. He-Man's on a rooftop. Skeletor's nowhere around all of a sudden. Um, and then Dash shows up. Because, because he's Dash. on the cover and everybody completely forgot that he's actually a character in this story. Yeah, unfortunately. He really doesn't have a lot going on in the last two issues. Not at all. I'm actually curious if he said... Sorry, I, I just thought I, I forgot I wanted to go back and look and see exactly where they ended him. And they really didn't. Issue two was was when he was hooked up to the machines, I want to say, right? That's when he was healing. Issue three is when him and He-Man fought and He-Man revealed the secret and Shazam. Yeah, yeah. Which still, like, out of everything that to me was gotcha. a major sin, I guess I could say... That was ridiculous. Like, even there's moments in here that I, I are almost close to that, but that was like the worst moment in the entire four issues for me. So I did double check there at that. Adam shazammed him, and then the last shot we see of him is him sitting on the ground smoldering. Mm-hmm. So it actually lines up well with this, where they're like, he's gone. I For some reason, I remember them him actually leaving last issue and like, I'm going to go do something, but they didn't. That's my misremembering. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and Dash saying, you know, Adam, he's calling him Adam because they're tight like that. Uh, he's mm-hmm. telling him that he, his, he's calculated that he cannot win this. Um and you know he basically Adam needs to get the Philogista to dash because he'll be able to use it to defeat Skeletor in ways that Adam can't because uh, Dash is an artist now that hasn't been established before, but he says it, so it must be true. Uh, and he uses the Philogista to transform himself into Cyclone. So yeah, mm-hmm. this is uh, this has got to be the worst origin I've ever. Uh, that <laughs> next to next to <clears throat> when when I was a kid, the one origin that was blowing my mind and I hated it more than this is probably the filmation Fisto uh, origin. Yeah, the with evil. the spider in the yeah. woods and all that. That when I was a kid, I'm like. Oh, screw this issue! Screw this episode! And this is what I'm feeling about this. Like, man, if I was, if I was, like, you're the cyclone guy out of the two of us. I don't have a problem with him, but he's not my, you know, top right. five or anything. And and as as a fan, I the whole time I was reading this, I'm like, I wonder how angry you're getting page by page. Going, this is how he's introduced, and he's literally got barely anything to do with the story. Like, oh my god. Yeah, definitely not not where I saw it going. Um, especially because I thought it'd been pretty well established that the gar are heavy into the tech. Mm-hmm. So, like, why he couldn't just go off and you know augment himself to become Cyclone um instead of using the Philogista, and now all of a sudden he's mm-hmm. an artist. I mean, they said that he was an acrobat, yeah, but like they they did nothing to say he was an artist. Um, 
And even then, like, so the whole point of this Philogista, as we've set up, is, you know, willpower and mind control and, mm-hmm. you know, almost almost like Green Lantern, for yeah. lack of a better analogy, where the, the more, you know, Hal Jordan was a great Green Lantern, but then Kyle came along and Kyle was an artist, so he could actually manipulate the energy into, like, crazier, more complex, like, better things, whereas yeah. Hal was just the basics, you know, mm-hmm. and that's like what they're setting up this Philogista to be, but then Dash just uses it to make himself Cyclone, mm-hmm. and that's it. He stay. Uh, spoiler alert: We're almost done, but he just stays Cyclone and starts mm-hmm. using wind powers. Like, yeah. why did uh, you set up this all-knowing magical symbiote? armor creator and he he's this amazing artist who can use in ways he man can't imagine but he just immediately locks into one form mm-hmm. i mean even he man can with orca fist yeah so <laughs> it's just one of, it's like it's like it felt like you had a point and then you kind of forgot what you were shooting for is how it felt to me I I think the uh, so the concept of the philogista is one of those things that uh, I hate to say it, but the, like the creativity of the person writing it is what it's limited to. Yeah, and he, he did go through here's all these variants, and once we get to this point now, Skeletor is back into the fire mode again. So yeah. it's not like he's gotten any other bigger, you know, variant yeah. or reveal here. And then Cyclone doing what he's doing. I mean, I don't know. Like, it would have been kind of interesting to just go, okay, so spitballing. Just spitballing for the hell of it. Instead of the, the, they did the circus thing to make it that he called himself the human whirlwind or whatever because of his yeah, and he was he was okay. He's an acrobat, so that yep. gives him a nickname or whatever. But what if he, what if it was almost like onward, where he literally was a kid who was interested in the history of his people yep. and learning about that stuff, and through that he ends up adopting the godlike power of one of their gods, so that he can go head to head against a god. Yep, you know that would have to me been like that's freaking cool. This just feels like such an afterthought in the creativity of what you could do with this stuff. That's like, well, I'm stuck that he has to be Cyclone now. So I'm just going to let him be Cyclone. We're not going to up him, you know, like, like uh, give him any uh, more of a power upgrade. He's just going to stay as that. Skeletor's just going to be fire, and yep. we're done with it. Right. And to me, it's like, it's underwhelming as hell when that's what you're, the whole point of the epic finish, you know, the final battle here is like, okay, it doesn't really go the distance. Exactly. So, yeah. so we're back in the tower now. So like Sean said, Skeletor's back to fire armor. Uh, He-Man and Cyclone get teleported in, assumingly by Evelyn. We haven't seen her in a while. Again, still don't know why He-Man was on that rooftop alone, whereas Skeletor's still in the tower and doesn't seem concerned at all that He-Man's not there. Um and you know, uh, Skeletor thinks he's a fool for go for giving up the Philogista, and he prepares to bake He-Man to ashes. 
Uh, Dash is able to convince his mother that Skeletor is behind all this and he's a liar. And he goes about trying to put out the forges, the Forge of Destiny. Which here, like, okay, like, this is what we should have been setting up. Like, oh no, Skeletor activated the Forge. What could possibly put out the Forge? You know? Yeah. Um, but, like, it just, it, it, it didn't land there. You know, it wasn't a straight path. And it almost feels more like happenstance. He's like, oh, luckily I turned into a human tornado. Yeah. No, I, like, it, it, yeah, they're, they're, I don't know. <laughs> I just, it, it, the more, the more I like, <laughs> think of what, what it could do and what it could mean in my head, it makes me just sit here and go, all that we're doing is taking, like, again, it's the whole, here is the basics of what we're given with the story. And it could have been cool to go, okay, the basics are already laid out. What could you do with this to make it more involved or to make it less convoluted and have more meaning to it? And doing it where, it, you know, like if, if, if the Anwat Gar, if the Gar are afraid of the fire idea and their whole thing is the the storm ideas and it's got that almost like a yin yang kind of vibe to it which in 2000x at least it was more of like an asian influenced culture that could have been an interesting thing of now cyclone has to use the elements to go head to head against skeletor who's using the other elements or whatever and have it be that kind of a thing he man has to step back and Cyclone's now the head of it, you know, going going head to head with them for once or whatever. But so yeah, we've get, it, we've got, look, on the page we got this on the page <laughs> on the page. We're back to Randor Man Arms running away. Yep. Uh, Man Arms uh, is quite the pessimist in this. He's basically assuming they're not going to live. So if they're going to die, he needs to tell Randor something about Adam. Yeah. Right as he's about to reveal Adam's secret, uh, Gale calls off the attack as he's just received a message from Hera to not kill the Eternians. Uh, And with that, the war is over. Except we still need to take care of Skeletor, who is currently incinerating He-Man. He looks like uh, Guile from Street Fighter in that panel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, luckily, Hera is a good scientist, and she knows if her and Tila electrocute Skeletor, that he'll revert back to his original form, because science. Mm. So they electrocute him. And He-Man knocks him out. Uh, And Cyclone is successful in putting out the forge. Yay! So the great great Philogista can be stopped by 1,200 volts in your spinal column. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. That was... Yeah. Science. 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 <laughs> As we wrap up, Skeletor is taken into custody by the Gar. Uh, they have an advanced holding facility that he will never be able to break out of. And everyone's okay with that. 
Uh, Evelyn explains to Webster that she believes his memories were fried by the electricity, but she's still going to wait a few days to break them out so that he won't remember her assisting He-Man and Tila, even though we never saw her at any point when Skeletor was around, so I don't know how he would know that she was helping them. Uh, and then He-Man and Cyclone part ways with Cyclone being the guardian of the Philogista now uh, with the reference of He-Man saying he'd be good for the job. Uh, I also don't understand because it says the Philogista was returned, yet Cyclone is still Cyclone. So apparently he permanently keeps his armor, whereas Skeletor's was gone once he got knocked out. Um, and then in the best part of this, and I'm like, okay... I'll give you that because it, it it really felt like a filmation wrap-up. And Cyclone wisely says that he should not be holding Adam's secret. It could be used against him. It's a dumb idea. And he goes into his memory banks and literally deletes it. Because he is now machine and magic. And that's what you can do to Cyclone is delete his memories. But I actually like that. I, I'm like, okay, that that's a good way to wrap that up and not leave that dangling where Cyclone knows the secret. Uh, the Royal Caravan is deemed a success as they now have uh, allies in the Gar where they didn't before. Uh, Randor does remember to ask Duncan what he was going to tell him, and Duncan lies to him and tells him that he was going to tell him that Adam is in love with Tila. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I love how surprised Randor is by this. <laughs> yeah, because that's so crazy that he's got a crush on the one girl he's been around his whole life. The only like way that. it could have been better was him going. <coughs> yeah, that cartoon. What? Yeah, exactly. exactly. And then we got a wrap-up scene with Adam and Tila, where Tila tells him that she is not going to take the assignment at Fort Decker, even though she found out that he recommended her for it. Um, and that she thinks more than ever that she needs to be close to him to protect him, whether he likes it or not. The end. What do you think of the wrap up, Sean? Are we? Uh, we're doing. Uh, uh, we're doing our wrap up review here. Um, well, I mean, just that, that final scene, wrapping up all the loose ends in two pages, and it, like I said, I, I I liked I liked the way they handled Cyclone in the Secret Identity. Like, I'm like, okay, that resend it to the status quo. I can get with, like, I'm like, that's, I don't know. That, I actually like that part. Um, again, I just felt like the whole Randor Duncan thing, like, again, we're just trying. And even the Adam Tila, I'm like, we're just trying to set up Revelation, yeah. which has already come and gone. We don't need to set it up anymore. Nope. Again, it's like, so instead of doing that stupid prequel comic which might have also been team silly we might have forgotten about that um 
There was the actual Revelation prequel comic. That one was written by the the writers of the show. The was prequel. It? Yeah. You sure mm-hmm. about that? I'll have to yep. look it up. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, but other than that, it's like if this had been the comic to come out right before the Revelation cartoon, it would have been like I understand why they're trying to set up these moments, but trying to do it now, years later, like there's no point in it and it just it took it took my enjoyment away unfortunately mm-hmm. no I, I completely agree on that one because i already said it earlier like you're, you're literally hamstrung to a fixed moment in time and it would be kind of nice to just tell a story where it's an adventure from beginning to end and to be honest the first couple issues kind of had that hope for me and it had little tiny bits of this is going to foreshadow something <laughs> you might have found out in Revelation, but it felt like the further you got into it, the more it just kept going there and making you go like, is, is it possible to ever just have a fun story with this ever again? Or are we always going to have to keep going to these tent pool, tent pole, sorry, tent pool, um, Netflix shows and stuff in order to keep, um, readers interested because it's not interesting me at this point like it's it's definitely not on it's not the same kind of storytelling that i really would like to see anymore so it's like i uh, i I get that it needs to loop in like it's got to be in this universe but like stop stop trying to directly tie it like it can be in this universe and not every two seconds be like oh adam's really lying yeah. Tila's gonna get mad. Like, yeah. uh, come on. It's exhausting. It, and real I'm quick, the really what it is. The Revelation comic was written by Tim Sheridan. Yeah. So. And he was one of the he he was one of the four writers of the show, if did I remember. Did he write an episode between. of the show? He he did um he might have done the Scareglow episode. I know he was one of the because each it, they had um, him and another writer and Kevin Smith and then they had a girl who was a writer. I know Mark Bernardin wrote. Oh, Mark Bernardin too. That's right. But there were two other. So Tim and there was one other guy I think too. Plus Kevin, plus uh, plus a girl that was on for writing it. Since they did the what was it five episodes and five episodes, yeah. so each of them got to write one episode of the five then. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's it's this this issue. Like when it when it first showed up, because uh, I've been getting them digitally, right? I, I I remember automatically looking at it, saying, "Oh, by the way, your pre order came in," and I, I looked what it was, and I go, "Okay, here we go." And I I think I waited like a couple more days until I actually sat and read it. And once yeah. I read it, I remember just going like. It's kind of what I was thinking it was going to be, unfortunately, and that that was not me being happy about the fact that I thought it was going to be this way. Yeah, for some reason, just this this issue, the writing felt so much clunkier mm-hmm. than it had. Like even the, the trying to get all these quips in. Um, oh, the, I forgot to bring it up, but they they mentioned 
instead of calling them Eternians, they call them Eterniosians. Like there's like they're trying to separate the Eternians specifically from Eternos. And I'm just like, do you really have to do that? Because the Gar hate everybody who doesn't live on their island. So do you really have to like it was just it was weird stuff I, like that where I'm like, why are we trying to separate even that? Like I guess they did it that way because and and I hate that I'm I'm even remotely giving more cred to this than not. I feel like they do it that way because there is that feeling of uh, there is a turnos, but the whole place is Eternia. And there yeah. are people that have that that it's it's hard to define it in their heads or it's hard to make a um a differentiation in that way. And I'm I'm like, okay, so if we're Earth, we're from Earth, so we are called Earthlings on another planet. Right. But you know, we are still like for, for you and I, we are still like Americans because that's where we hail from or whatever. So in that way, I kind of get that they're doing that as like it's a stronger differentiation. But when you do it in such an offhanded way, it is kind of odd that all of a sudden it's a sore thumb that pops out in the dialogue then. Well, I guess my big thing is one of the things I've always admired about Eternia in my head is that, like, yes, there are there is Eternos, there are these different, like, kingdoms, but at the end of the day, like, it's, it's all of them against Skeletor or against mm-hmm. the evil forces, you know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. Well, but and I guess story... I guess in the decades since they've gone more the you know we have to unite the world and everything, mm-hmm. in which I guess to me it's more I, I, I just view Eternia as better than Earth. Where like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they are Eternians. Like there's not as much segregation as as there is. Like it's it's well, another that... thing that made it a little bit too. You know, and I know that's where we've been going with this stuff is making it a bit more political. You know, we've mm-hmm. we've inserted racism in there since yep. the classic line and everything yep. else, and just like I don't know, I just I I prefer my Eternia a bit more black and white. Like this is supposed to be a fantasy. Why do we have to go with this route all the time? Well, and it, that's it, another thing that it kind of led to me. So. So me being who I am about this stuff, and and I still, if I could get, if I was given the chance to write it however I wanted to write it, <laughs> that's how I would want to do it, to be honest. I would want to do it where they're all in different tribes or different factions, for lack of a better term. It doesn't have to be factions, but different areas, and they're all doing their own things. Isolationism all over the place. Since, since the days of King Grayskull, because I'd throw that in there as... That was the one time they were united because of the horde. Right. And it was like, okay, so it's the idea of bringing everybody together. And that would be like us having this discussion right now is like this would be leading up to the final battle in the story that I'd be doing. And I'd have He Man doing the whole, you know, he's pointing at all the people that are disparate factions of the people that he works with. So there's like, you know, it, there's Moss Man representing the green and the trees. Here's, Cyclone representing the Gar and whoever else, and doing the whole "you came together, you came together." And he, you know, t- today you're just Eternians and da da da. You know, and that that whole that's when you finally clear that up, and you can finally say, "Okay, we're done with the classic stuff. We're just going with Eternia from now on." And it doesn't matter where you're from; you're just Eternian, and you want to do the right thing because of the evil that crept into your world. Um, 
So in that way, it's like I I think that could be an interesting thing to shoot for, but I don't see that happening. Yeah. In how they're building this out, I feel like it's it's interesting ideas, but they're not executed well. Every time they do this, it's always that feeling to me of it's interesting to go, wow, what what is Cy- Cyclone's history? And if this was the one that I was told as a kid. I'd probably go, okay, it is what it is, because yeah. in my head I'd be like, well, that's what they say it is. But now that I'm in my 40s and I'm reading this, I'm like, no, my version is still my version, and I'm good with that. I don't I don't look to this in any way, shape, or form as canon to me. I'm good. Like, you, you, can, you can retell stories and extrapolate things in the stories and go into details with those stories any way that you want to but if if the story doesn't have concrete that you're building it on it really doesn't make you go i need that to be what it is in my head when i think of these things anymore you know completely agree i just they just they need to just tell a story you just tell a fun action adventure story and stop trying to play to the big you know, cataclysmic thing. Stop mm-hmm. trying to justify revelation already. It's done. Yeah. Uh, well, real quick, ahead. I will say that it is the first time Tim Seeley's written something where it's not a cataclysmic ending to it, at least. So there was that. That is true. That is true. <laughs> it's not world world destroying or the end of all things. It's it's variants of battle armor. That's pretty yeah. much what we got. So yeah, I'll give him that. <laughs> so let's do our individual issue four ranking first. So as everybody knows, we do a power sword havoc staff rating. So three power swords, absolute best of the best perfection. Two power swords, very good story. Well done. One power sword. It was a good story. I enjoyed it overall. Uh then we got the Zodak, the cosmic enforcer. That's neutral. It's neither good nor bad. It just it's mm. there. Uh, then we go into Havoc Staffs. One Havoc Staff, that's bad. Uh, two Havoc Staffs, oh my god, that story was terrible. Three Havoc Staffs, that is so bad it should be buried in the Evergreen Forest and never talked about again. Mm. So I'll go first. Issue number four, by itself, I will give it a Cosmic Enforcer. It is riding through the spaceways. It is... There's good, there's bad. In the end, it all just equates to it happened in my book. Mm. Um, uh, I'm going to do two Havoc Staffs on this one. Two, have- much, two Havoc Staffs. Just issue four. Just issue four because... Wow. Even, he hasn't even, even given out a single Havoc Staff yeah, before. Lately. I have not given a single Havoc Staff today or that day. <laughs> it is... It's clunky... It really is just it's it's uninspired in a lot of ways, and the it 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 just it pulls a Tim Seeley in because it drives me crazy. Like this guy, in everything that I've read from him, at least with Masters, I, I don't know if I've ever read anything that's not Masters that he has written, because I've heard other things are quite good, but when he does Masters of the Universe with his I'll figure it out as I write it. It's not working for me on any level, way, shape, or form. It always just feels like 
everything is clunky at the end. It's all thrown together, and you, you're left with one page to do this, one page to do this, one panel to do this, or any of that stuff. And I'm sick of it. Like, we've done it enough now. And I, like I said, I, I'm reading this and going, literally none of this is even in my head when I think of these characters right now. So it doesn't even affect my personal headcanon, as well as the vintage or the other, you know, 2000X even with the Amwat Gar uh, story, which I love. That made me love Cyclone. Yeah. So this to me was just, no, I, I, I even the art, I, I love the artwork typically this, this issue. Um, and I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say he did a horrible job, but even with this, with the amount of crap they needed to push into this one issue, you could tell Eddie Nunez was fighting his best to tell a story and make it coherent for anyone who's looking at it. But everything about this just felt like he's, he's working with crap, trying his best to shine a turd in this one for the story being what it is at the end of this thing. That reminds me, I got one more point I bring up, but I need need to bring it up later because it is potentially spoiler filled. Um, But yeah, I, I guess just for me, the, the artwork definitely helped it. Their cute way of resetting it to the status quo at the end. Like I said, memory deleted that. I'm like, all right, I could see Filmation doing that. So I'm good with that. And then seeing my boy Cyclone in his full vintage glory. Because mm-hmm. it seems like everybody wants to go with the big rings and the 2000X. You know, they mm-hmm. really want to push that side of him. But I think there's something nice and simplistic about vintage cyclone and so getting to see him run around even in the limited form uh like that's what pushed it back up into the neutral territory for me gotcha and that's the other i said it earlier i don't have an owning to him the same way you do so i like in your case it at least salvaged it a little bit for you but for me it just kept falling down the stairs so hard for that especially halfway through the the last issue i'm like none of this is working for me on it yeah. <laughs> and i guess a big thing for me just uh we'll, we'll do the series as well so t- taking in the whole story all four issues what would you rank the saga collectively uh, the, the four issues, I would definitely do a Cosmic Enforcer. I mean, as and that's even with the artwork. Because yeah. now that we know where it goes, like, I, I really miss the days of, like, plotting being done well. And yeah. Tim Seeley is really making it, it, it's it's driving it home that, uh, you know, some of these other things, they, they get the, the opportunity to plot them well. Um, artwork wise, uh, Eddie Nunez is still, he, he, he does his best on the last issue, but the previous three are still really, really gorgeous to look at for me. Um, he's, he's what makes it better than it needs to be for me at this point. Yeah. I gotta agree with you. I gotta go with Cosmic Enforcer, unfortunately, even though I enjoyed the first two issues immensely, knowing they're not really going anywhere and that the story as a whole at the mm. end of the day is just to justify the character reactions and revelation. It just, it really brings it down for me. Uh, yeah. At this point, I'm going back and revisiting it just for the artwork. Um, 
and it, like I said, there's 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 a kernel of a story in there that's worth something, and there's there's even a point. I think it's issue two, issue three, maybe both, because that's the other thing. Tim Seeley does like to repeat himself a lot. Mm-hmm. So like we have, we talked about last year, like there's a lot, there's a scene in issue one that's then repeated in issue three. And like, you know, you just need to, you've done that beat already. You need to move on, mm-hmm. uh, which he doesn't, but there's kind of, there's kind of a theme in there of like, you know, Skeletor feeling, you know, he, he points out, I've chased diamond rays. I've chased mm-hmm. this and that Ram stones, but the Philogista seems to be something more. But unfortunately, at the end of the series, it's not something more. It is just another diamond ray. It is just another ramstone. It is just another battle armor. Mm-hmm. Like it's they set out to be like, no, this is something more. But then at the end mm-hmm. of the day, no, it's just another MacGuffin that Skeletor uses to try and beat He-Man. Yep. Like you can't start off your story being like, no. He realizes the error of his ways. This is time it's different, but it's not. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. There, there's a really good story in there. Um, unfortunately, we did not get it. So Mm-mm. not at all. Uh, for each time. That's what's driving me crazy. <laughs> like, why why is it Tim Seeley that has to keep telling these stories? Can't we get somebody else who enjoys Masters to step up to the plate and do something more with it now because <clears throat> it feels like he's their go-to guy. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're killing me with this every freaking time. Last thing I want to bring up before we wrap up. And this will be the last thing guys, because uh, for anybody, well, I guess I should actually ask you first, Sean, maybe I won't even be bringing this up. Have you seen the alleged figure leak from the Masterverse line? I don't think so. Oh. I, at least not that I'm aware of. Then we will not be discussing this. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't want. I don't want to spoil it for you. So I, you know me, spoilers don't really matter to me as much as other things. Especially like my investment going into Revolution is more like passive than it has been because Revelation was like, wow, first new He Man, anything, and how long. And once we got to the other end of that, I'm like, I'm tired. I'm tired, <laughs> yeah. Matt. I'm so tired. <laughs> Tell me about the rabbits again. That was when it was fun instead of having all the hate and all the insanity that we dealt with online. Uh, and, and not yeah. us specifically, but the yeah, Phantom. We had some online. of it, that's for sure. We had some of it. Yeah, true. Um, I'm right. cool. If you want to spoil it, that right. go for it. Because then so we can we at least w- have a discussion here. We will be discussing that. If you have not seen the alleged figure leak from the most recent wave of Masterverse, and you don't want to be spoiled, uh, we will bid you adieu. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time. You think they're gone? I hope so, because I really want a spoiler now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, so the latest wave of Masterverse that includes your classic battle armor He Man. Yeah, it's got the Triclops, New Eternia. Mm-hmm. I think that's got the New Eternia oh, Man at Arms. I think I know what you're going to talk. I, I I saw a glimpse of something the other day, and I did not even remember that. I, go ahead, keep going. Keep yeah, going. Let's see if I'm right. 
So those are the three figures that were officially revealed in the wave. Now, mm -hmm. Battle Armor He-Man has made it way into some people's hands. And there's actually a fourth figure in that wave that is shown on the back of the packaging that we have not yet seen revealed. Uh, and that is a King Keldor figure. Yep. Uh, okay, so you did, did see, see it. I did see it in, in the like the last day or two. Yes. So yeah, it, it's just like a head to neck shot, but it yep. looks like he's got a furry robe, almost two thousand X Randorish armor, and then a Keldor head. Mm -hmm. and, and I believe he's wearing a crown. I could be wrong about that. But anyways, so I see that now. Granted, the lines already got New Eternia and Revolution figures in it. So obviously the whole internet's going, that's a revolution figure. And I'm going, well, no, it's probably New Eternia in my opinion, because, you know, we've got both in the line at the, in the same wave. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have staunchly said that Skeletor in this continuity is the demon from another dimension. They specifically say in the cartoon series, in that prequel comic mm -hmm. by Tim Sheridan, we see his alleged homeworld. Yep. Um, and I didn't pay it much thought after that. However, I'm reading through issue four, and I read it after uh, I've seen this leak. Mm-hmm. And there's a point here when he's burninating He-Man. And he does this line. I don't know why I despise you more than all others. Maybe it's the arrogance or the furry underwear. More likely, it's the blind devotion to Randor. My dot 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 most hated enemy. And I'm sitting here going, why the pause? Like, that is an intentional pause. They literally yeah. do the dot, 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 and then in the next panel, my most hated enemy. And I'm like, are they really going to try to retcon to make him Keldor in this continuity so that they can do a King Keldor in Revolution? It wouldn't. I, I don't know. Like... As far as I'm concerned, if they do that, it's the have your cake and eat it too. And I don't personally think it's needed here. It yeah. worked in the CGI show. It worked brilliantly brilliantly in the CGI show. But, but in the CGI, going, he was Keldor. I mean, yeah, he, beginning he to end, Keldor there was no choices. Yeah. yeah. And instead, in this one, I mean, they've already promoted it that way. So then... I, so so I'm just going to flat out say this, I guess. I'm already exhausted trying to make my head fit with whatever they're trying to do with this. Because as of right now, I'm like, I, I'm personally almost like, how much leg work do I have to do to make this make sense in my head? And that's almost <laughs> offensive. And it's not because I'm a brilliant storyteller or I'm this or that. It's more like it feels like they just want to throw everything into the soup in this case now. Yeah. So that's, well, that's just it. me. I I actually number one, I like the fact that, you know, they and they said from the beginning, you can get mad at them all you want, but they said like, you know, we're going more vintage, supposed to be yeah. more continuation of the vintage with this yeah. continuity. 
And so I applauded them, even though at the time we, you know, we debated whether Skeletor was actually telling the truth in Mm -hmm. that comic. But at the same time, so like, I'm glad they went the demon from another dimension. Yep. You know, and just, just as glad as I was that they went Keldor in CGI. Like, I think both origins have their place mm-hmm. if done well. If they go back and say, nah, this was Keldor all along, again, it's another thing where it's like, now my mental, like you said, my mental gymnastics to try yeah. and overcome this are going to be too great when, you know, I'll forgive the vintage canon where they were making it up on the fly and the concept of Keldor came later and they tried to shoehorn it in. Mm-hmm. you guys built this revelation universe up from the ground up. If you mm-hmm. wanted to do Keldor, you should have done Keldor. Mm-hmm. Don't do Kel or don't do demon and now go, ah, now just kidding. It was Keldor because, because we want to yeah. make a plot point in the upcoming series. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, I'm just, I'm really afraid now. Re- that, that was the first thing I thought of when I'm reading that line is, that King Keldor action figure. Mm-hmm. And what are we doing here? Uh, Steve, it's, it's, it is that feeling with dealing with the revelation revolution, um, the, the mythology they've created. It's, it's, I hate to say it, but it's, it mirrors how much it frustrated me to have a Zack Snyder, he man and the Batman be <laughs> Superman or, or sorry, Superman and the, and the Batman be Superman movies. Because it really is this feeling of, here is this take on it. It was never an origin tale, which I know some people, including yourself, don't want the origin. And they just want to have a... It's like the origin can be alluded to, but you can just have an adventure and just enjoy the adventure. Kind of like Filmation did and all that. But in the case of stories like this, to me, I'm like, I want the origin so I can legit go, this is what I'm dealing with in this. And now this is why it came to this point in Revelation or whatever. Yeah. And the, the, the resting on the laurels thing is always there with, oh, well, it's the next episode of Filmation. And it's not. Yep. It's always going to be its own thing. And so there is that. Like, I'm not blaming Kevin Smith. I'm not trying to put the, you know, point out who's done right. this. But there is just this feeling of it. It feels like a world that's literally based on quicksand, not in concrete. And that's why they could do that. And then I'm just going to sit there and go, so all bets are off. We've never had an origin of this version. And now we're just going to fall for whatever they're going to throw our way because they want to do it that way. It maybe was never figured to be part of it, but now it's going to do that. And that's just exhausting to me. And that's kind of why... CGI CGI felt concrete. It felt like it wanted to adhere to the rules. It wanted to adhere to the to the story it had to set out to tell. And this one, it's just kind of like gobbledygook. We're putting it all together, and this is what you're getting. And you're just kind of sitting there going, "It doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel, you know, it doesn't feel like there was." A purpose or something. I don't. I don't know the best way I can describe it. Well, exactly. That, yeah, it's it, it, you know, if if you're gonna, and that's part of the reason I want them to not dive deep into an origin story and do more filmation, just hit the ground running because 
that leaves you more open to what you can do. Mm. If you put the strict origin parameters, like those are locked in. You told me in the show and in the comics that Skeletor is a demon from another dimension. You can't do Keldor now. Yeah. I'm sorry, you can't. But if they're going to do it anyways, that bothers me. You know, where, you know, and that and that's that's the danger, mm-hmm. you know, coming up to the new to the new Superman. It sounds like it's going to be more, you know, Superman legacy. That's going to be more just here. Here is Clark Kent. He is Superman. He's got friends and everything. And it leaves you more open because you don't know what happened. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's that freedom that comes from that. But you guys missed your chance at that. Yeah, you that's know, what so that yeah, y- you've made your decision that this universe has this, this, and this. If you're just gonna go swap it all around willy nilly, then uh, uh, it's gonna take enjoyment out of it because of how my mind works, and I've got to try and justify it now. And you know, or the other fear is is that we're going into a multiverse situation in revolution, which uh, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I and, and you know it's only going to be five episodes initially at least I just I, I'm tired Sean I'm I tired too. Like, I, like there, there's no version of this that isn't going to make me sit here and go this is my take on this stuff the versions I've seen of all this stuff from you know two three years ago or whenever it was when it first aired I loved that they had those nods to the original stuff and the William George art and the Earl Norm and all yep. that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's almost like a potluck of what they wanted to tell, how they'll tell it, yep. and the world that they created versus it. Fe- I mean, one thing, I, I, me being who I am about filmation, I, I don't hate it, but I'm still not like, you know, that's not my canon exactly. At least they tried to keep it coherent. Yeah. For me, at least. the What I remember of it, what is coherent is, you know, the, the rules applied. And yep. uh, for the most part, they, they stuck ne- those They never they intentionally to... went back and were like, we're going to change this. Yeah. Sometimes and... some writer came on and didn't realize something and wrote something different. Mm-hmm. But that's different from nowadays where it's like, no, if, if you change this now, you're you're intentionally changing yeah and that for me is it's exhausting like you said it's mental gymnastics trying to make it fit and then on top of that it's like that to me is also i hate to say it's bad bad writing then and then you know for me to love this this ip and this is what we're getting i'm just kind of like man this is like sucking the joy out of all of this for me because it would be nice to have from beginning to end a, a reboot just done and you can do it. No CGI. Cause apparently that didn't work as well as they hoped. Just do it traditional, but have it be from beginning to end something that has a point to tell a, a story yeah. to tell a point to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and what bugs me about this episode that we're doing right now is we try our best to be fairly positive. We don't try to be these guys. Yep. But when we get into the Tim Seals, this is where we start going. So, yeah, yeah. that's what it is. But Well, we're sitting here right now. We're at January 3rd. So we've got mm-hmm. 22 days 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, the end of the month. I forgot yeah, about that. January 25th. We will not have to speculate anymore. So, yeah. <sighs> I'm, I'm I will say they, they lined this up better. Um, yeah. Where this comic's ending basically the month before it came out, whereas the other one started the month it came out. And then that was a, uh, yeah. <laughs> And, and uh, I'm still excited that this is the first we're ever going to see Battle Armor He-Man in anything like this. So right off the bat, that has me at least going. <laughs> I'm going to be grinning from ear to ear going, hey, Battle Armor He-Man's finally in something. But And Grandamere. Uh-oh. I get my Grandamere. He was one of my wanted for Revelation. That's true. Yeah, and that's he's right. actually going to play a, play a, at least a, a part. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Again, you notice you reminding me didn't really line up with me being as excited about it. It's like, oh, it's this one. That's awesome. Okay. So <laughs> I think it's just one of those things, like, because they announced it a few months ago and it's like January 25th felt 2024 felt so far off at the time yeah. that just one of those things in my mind, like it, it was just a reality check to me a couple days ago to go like, wait, no, like we're less than a month now. Mm-hmm. Um because it just it, it felt so far away when it was announced. So. Yeah, agreed. I'm still cautiously optimistic. I I guess there's not much they could do to make me dislike the universe more. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, we're we're gonna have Supergirl B Tila, which I think that's gonna be better because I wasn't really wowed by Sarah Michelle Gellar being Tila. Oh, Supergirl B Tila. Uh, yes, as in M- Michelle Benoist yeah. being uh, Tila in this uh, version instead of uh, Buffy. Yeah, and I hope she actually tries because that was the thing with Sarah Michelle. I just I never throughout that series do I feel like she was doing anything other than reading from the page. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. She really phoned it in. I dealt with it, but it, it, it's like it, it, you didn't need her to be that person. Just like I still feel Alicia Silverstone didn't need to be uh marlena they could have found somebody else possibly but for some people it worked at least marlena was like a bit part where it's like yeah, I can, yeah. you know we're just done yeah. with tila being as central as she was that's the one that really bugged me where it's like Agreed. you are just phoning it in you're just Completely reading agree. from the page and this is i am upset and it's like uh, i believe me completely agree um i mean they still they still have mark hamill thankfully they still have chris wood who to me, he was the MVP of the last one. I had no yep. idea how much I was going to love his He-Man and Adam until then. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, that's all I can say at this point. We'll, we'll, we it. will see. So, that's it. We will see. And hopefully we'll... our next episode will be more positive because this one... Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tim Seeley. Why did they just do this? Dang Seriously. You. Oh, yet again, Tim Seeley. Well, yes, we, hope, my young. <laughs> we hope you all enjoyed this episode. Yes, even you, Tim Seeley. And uh, do us a favor, click subscribe, click that bell if you want. We're going to try and do more live shows in 2024, hopefully. We said that last year, too, I think, but... I don't know. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in with us. Let us know your thoughts on the Forge of Destiny comic or anything else. Uh, 
Tony Moore, hope you're all right out there. Haven't heard from you in a while, buddy. Hope everything yeah. is good. And uh, so, yeah, you can get a hold of us on social media. Leave a comment down below. Or, of course, the famous email, logpod85 at gmail.com. Yep. And until next time, tell Tim Seeley to write a better comic. Oh, come on.